I want to begin this year by going to God's Word because that's what we do every week. And we're going to go to John chapter 15, verse 1 to 17. If you're new to church, welcome. My name's Stephen. I'm the pastor here, one of the pastors here. If you're joining us online, Happy New Year to you as well. And pray that 2018 is the best year that you've ever been alive for. I hope that is for you, for your family and your friends. John chapter 15, verse 1 to 17. I have to read off this. And it reads, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. As I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no other than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I choose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Amen. Uh, During my university times, uh, I actually started writing this sermon, and and I wrote, in university I studied, and then I stopped because then I'd be lying, because in university I didn't really study, I just went to a few classes. But one of the things that I did retain in university, which I guess means that it was very important or I very much connected with it, was uh, in one of my psychology subjects, it was a diagram called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Anyone who's done marketing or psychology, you would know. And it talks about what the basic human needs are for every human being according to its importance and priority. This is what the diagram looks like. There are five needs, and actually there's been an update. Anyone who's studied this would know that there's five, but there's actually been an update in the last, uh, what, 15 years since I've been to uni. Uh, there's actually seven. But there are five basic needs that every human needs, Okay. The, the most one right at the body is, is, is physiological needs, so your physical needs like food, water, warmth, and rest. And then you have your safety needs like security and safety. 
Then you have your belongingness and love needs, intimate relationships and friends. You've got your esteem needs, prestige and feeling of accomplishment. And finally, you have your self-actualization needs, achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. And everyone has these basic needs in their life. Uh, what, what I found was really interesting was, uh, obviously, we understand our psych, uh, physiological needs, and also we understand our safety and security needs. But it was this—it was this third one that that I found really interesting, and it was the idea of of physical relationship and intimacy. This idea of belonging and love. And 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 if you were to summarize what this need is, it, it's the need for connection. It's the need for connection. Now, let me define connection. A connection is a relationship in which a person or thing thing is linked or associated with something or something else. Whether you know it or not, we live in a world full of millions of connections. Millions. Uh, we actually live in a society that is known as the most connected society ever in history. Of course, to, due to the, the increase in technology and the internet and all of our social media, we are connected like no other generation. This connection comes in all forms, shapes, and sizes. It's not just about who your friends are, but it can come into things like the clothes that you wear. It comes into the foods that you eat. Just through those things, you have connections with different people and different uh, ideals, millions of avenues of connection. But this basic psychological need for connection doesn't just, it, it didn't just turn up. It, it didn't just come out of thin air, but actually it comes from God himself. It comes from the fact that we're created by God in his image, and it's actually in his character that the importance of connection is found. And we see this in who God is, in the holy triune God. We see this as, as one God, three persons. I'm not going to go into the whole Trinity series. I think it's in the podcast. But we've got God the Father, we've got Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the essence of God is based on these relationships and these connections that God had with each other even before creation uh, came about. That's why we crave connection. We don't just crave connection because one day we woke up and we felt lonely. We crave connection because innately it is who we are. It is about our, our design because we're creating the image of God. And as much as most of us wouldn't deny that connection is really important, you know, most of us would know. We need to be connected. We need love. We need belonging. We need friendship. But one of the things that we need to understand is as much as connection is important, not all connections are actually good for us. And I found this really interesting, right? You know, who you hang out with, the types of business that you conduct, the foods that you eat or what you feel connected to, not actually every connection is good for you. Depending on what you choose to connect yourself with can bring about completely different outcome in your life. Connection is important, but more important is, do you have the right connection? Do you have the right connection? 
To put it black and white, what you choose to connect yourself to can either bring you life or it can sap that life out of you. A great example of this is this machine called the life support machine. When, when, when a human cannot breathe on their own, they're put onto this machine which breathes for you. It functions for you. Now, that is a great connection. It is a very important connection to have. It's because if you choose not to connect with that machine, you die. It's not like, oh, man, this is just a bad decision, and I don't know about the consequence. No, you die. But if you choose to connect yourself to that machine, then you will continue to live and give yourself a chance and your body to recuperate, to be able to breathe on your own. What you choose to connect with can either bring life or death. The passage we read today shows us that this difference is in very, very, very simple, but is, is very important. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's teaching them and showing them what it means to be connected and who they need to choose to be connected with. And Jesus uses the imagery of a grapevine to show us this. Verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, or as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now think of this in the, in the context of connection. Jesus is saying, I am the source of life. I am the source of life. If you choose to connect with me and I in you, then we can enjoy life. You will have life. You will have spiritual life. But how can you be alive if you're not connected to the source of of power. How can you have electricity if you don't plug in to the source of power? How can a branch be alive on its own if it's not connected to the tree or the vine? And Jesus is very blunt about this. He just says, look, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The difference between being connected or disconnected with Jesus isn't the difference between living a good life and a mediocre life. It's the difference between life and death. When we choose to connect with Jesus, we're literally choosing life. But when we choose to disconnect with Jesus, it's not that we're like, you know, we'll just live on our own. No, no, no. You are choosing spiritual death. Jesus is the source of life. And if we would like to experience that life, Jesus says we must remain in Him and Him in us. And I'm asking tonight, are you making the right connection? What kind of life does Jesus promise? What kind of life does Jesus promise to us when we connect with Him, when, the, when we remain in Him? There are three things that Jesus mentions in this passage that will happen in our life when we are abiding and we are remaining with Him. The first thing is this. Jesus will prune for more. 
We see this in verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Jesus tells us that that a life connected to him may not necessarily be an easy life because the life of pruning is not necessarily easy. But what Jesus is saying is that there is more to our lives than what we know it to be. And when we're connected with Jesus, he will prune you and he will mold you and he will guide you because there is more. This excites me so much. And I've been a Christian for 20 years now. 20 years now? More than 20 years. No, about 20 years. No, more than 20 years. What excites me is this. In 2018, as I choose to remain in Jesus, uh, yes, the pruning will be hard. And yes, the molding can be quite uh, difficult. But to know that when I remain in Jesus, that He has more for me. He has more for my life. He has a greater calling every year. It excites me. How sad would it be if Jesus said, hey, if you remain in me, I will sustain you to just be the same. But Jesus doesn't promise that. He promises even more. Even more. There's more hope for tomorrow because today we are connected with Jesus. That's the first thing that he mentions, pruning for more. Secondly, Jesus promises, desires fulfilled. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. There's a lot of typos today. Hey, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, before you get all excited and start thinking about the $55 million Powerball that's on Thursday, which I may or may not buy a ticket for, I will, I will never win. I'm just telling you that now. I will never win. God has told me already that I will never win the lotto. Okay? Before we get excited and think, wow, if we just ask God, you're going to give us a new car and a new house. What we want to be is aligned with what God wants. See, when we're fully aligned, when we're connected with Jesus, you know what happens? We start not wanting what we want, but we start wanting what we're connected to. We start wanting what Jesus wants because that's where our life source is coming. We start wanting to align our life and our desires with the vine. And and as we are aligned with Jesus and as we start to request these things that align with Jesus, Jesus says, the Father will give them to you. Ask. Ask. And it will be done. Jesus is saying that when we are remaining in each other, these desires that we have which are parallel to the heart of Jesus can be fulfilled. I tell you why this excites me. Because as I, as I live longer with Jesus, connected to Jesus, and as I get to know the heart of Jesus more and more, I start to develop more of that heart inside of me. And suddenly, I'm not desiring new cars and new houses and new whatever. I'm starting to desire what Jesus wants. I'm starting to desire a greater heart for the lost. And so when I go to God and say, I want to see the lost found, Jesus is telling me, God can do that. God can do that. That's what excites me. When we're connected with Jesus, God can do amazing things. God can do amazing things. We have the freedom and the luxury to ask the source of life for greater and greater things. So, Jesus 
tells us that when we're connected to him, that he, that he provides us pruning for more. He, he tells us that desires are fulfilled. And finally, he tells us that our joy will be complete. Verse 10 and 11, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my, my, my life. Is that right? Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I think that's love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Joy. That inner peace and sense of satisfaction that has nothing to do with our external circumstances but comes from the internal. And to have my joy complete, meaning that there is nothing more that I need. There is nothing more that I desire. That I am wholly and fully satisfied in my heart of hearts and I am at the fullness of joy. Jesus is promising that to me. Man, that's exciting. That's hopeful. See, this idea of the right connection isn't just about living a better life. Because Jesus isn't just about offering us a better life. No, He's offering us life to the full. He's not trying to improve the, the, the living standard of your life. No, He's trying to take you from dead to alive, my friends. Pruning for more, desires fulfilled, completed joy. These are the promises that are given to us from Jesus, the source of life, when we are connected to Him. And Jesus says, without Him, without this connection, you can do nothing. And I think this is where we sometimes misread the Scripture. Sometimes we think, oh, it must mean that we can't do anything that good. I think Jesus is being really specific and saying spiritually, you can do nothing if you're not connected to the, the source of life. And you know what? Logically, it makes sense. But sometimes, I think in our own hearts, sometimes we think, oh, no, no, I could do this without Jesus. I can live my spiritual life without Jesus. I can live and grow in my spirituality and my relationship with God without Jesus. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 you can do nothing. You can achieve nothing. You can become nothing without me because I am life. Without Him, without the connection, we have nothing. But with Him, we have so much. We have so much to look forward to. So what do we do with this connection? If we've determined that connection is important, if we've determined that the right connection is important, and Jesus is offering us this connection with Him, remain in me and I in you, what do we do? As we remain in Jesus and Jesus in us, what does that look like in our lives? Well, Jesus tells us that it's one that continues to this connection with others. Verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's Friend. The beauty about when we are connected with Jesus, the life source, is not only that we get to experience these amazing things from Jesus in our lives, but we get to experience these things with those around us as well. You know, sometimes we read a verse like this, and it says, No greater love. Uh, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. And, and sometimes we, we, we read that and we think, burdensome. I have to lay down my life for that fool, for him, 
For her, I don't even like them. They don't even come to church every week. I've got to lay my life down for them. And so many times we think of this command as being a burden. But let me show it to you in a different way. Because sometimes we think that Jesus wants us to suffer in loving each other. But I believe that Jesus wants us to experience the greatest joy ever. Because when we have the privilege to lay down our lives for each other, it brings about a greater joy that cannot be experienced in this world. And I was thinking about, well, what's an example of this? What's a tangible example where I can convince our community that laying down your life for your brother or for your sister can be the greatest thing and greatest experience that you can experience about love? And it came back to the, the, the parent and child paradigm. If you've ever met a parent that has a sick child, uh, if you've ever met a parent that has a child in hospital, if you've ever met a parent that, that has a child with terminal illness, and you were to ask that parent, hey, if you could swap situation, as a parent, if you could take your child's illness and take it upon yourself, would you do that? Which parent? would go, oh man, that's so burdensome. Oh man, I know I have to because I'm the mom, but you know, I don't know if I want to. You know what, most, and I'd, I'd hope that it'd be every parent in this world, but it, it'd be hard to find a parent that wouldn't take the illness of their child on their own at the click of their fingers. We have so many new parents you know, like I could ask any one of them, and they're brand new parents with brand new babies, and one of them just spewed, that's fine, that's what we live for in this church. If one of their babies got sick, and, 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 and we asked them, you know what, if you could take this, you could take that illness from your child, would you, they would do it in a snap, because that's not burdensome. It would be the parent's greatest joy to be able to take away that child's pain and suffering. Can I tell you, if you've ever been in, in a situation where you've been able to take a burden off your friend or your family, and yeah, it might have cost you, but you know what, if you've ever been in that situation, you would know what that joy is to be able to love your brother, your sister, your, your family, to lay down your life for them. Sometimes we think that this is a burdensome commandment, but actually this is, the, this is one of the most exhilarating, uh, crazy, joy-filled commandments there is. To be able to love your brother or sister to that point. The ability to know that we are loved by God and that we can experience this love through the people around us has no comparison to what else we can experience in our lives. Nothing even close. And it all starts from choosing the right connection. And that connection is to be connected to the source of life, the source of love, Jesus Christ himself. Verse 16 reads, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. I love that phrase, fruit that will last. 
Don't you want 2018 to be a year where you can stand at the end of the year and, 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 and proudly say, wow, I invested into fruits that will last. You know, I, I'm connected with the right people so that, that I, you know, the, the life that I live is making a difference beyond just myself. Fruit that will last, peace that will last, joy that will last, life that will last. And it all comes through our connection with Jesus Christ. Friends, we all are connecting to something or someone. We're all connected. And depending on who that something or someone is, I can tell you right now, those connections will determine what kind of year you will have in 2018. I love this quote, right? If you want to know your future, show me your five closest friends. Your connections will determine your future. What you choose to connect with will either bring life to you, will bring joy to you, will bring hope to you. Or it will take away life. It will take away joy. It will take away hope. That's the importance of the right connection. And the beauty is this. It's your choice. As we start 2018 fresh, first Sunday of the year, you get to make a choice. You get to choose what kind of year you want to have this year. 2018, you get to decide. Choose your own adventure. And it's about who you decide to connect with. Who you connect with can either lead you to life or can draw you away from life. And for those, and I reckon there's a lot of us looking for a fresh start this year. 2018, new beginnings, new wineskins. 2018 can be the year, the best year that you've had in your life. But I promise you, it won't happen without the right connection. Jesus welcomes us today in 2018, regardless of where you've been, regardless of where Uh, what you've played with, what your past is about, what you did in 2017. He says, this is a new year. This is a new time, new beginnings. I want to journey with you. I want to be, I want to remain in you and I want you to remain in me. I want to embrace you. I want to be with you. I want to connect with you. And so I want to encourage each and every one of us to make that right decision, to make that right connection this year. How do we make that right connection? Practically, how do we do this? Well, we're going to talk more about it next week. But start by opening your Bibles. Start by spending some time with Jesus. Start by coming to prayer and fasting week. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be helping each other to connect with Jesus on all levels. Your choice. What kind of 2018 will you have is determined by what connection you choose to have. And I pray and I hope that you will choose to connect 
with the life source, the giver of life, the giver of joy, the giver of peace, Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Let's pray.